very good Monday. Welcome to today's edition of the Maya Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature agricultural news reports, I'll bring you national and regional agricultural news headlines. And I'll start with regional ag news right after this. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. California walnut farmers are tearing out older trees and less desirable varieties as walnut prices have plummeted well below cost of production. The California Walnut Commission estimates that the 2022 crop suffered $1 billion in damages after a devastating heat wave in September cooked walnuts on trees in a critical time in a growing cycle. Later, ill-timed rains led to mold problems. As much as 30 to 40 percent of the walnut volume was impacted, resulting in disaster declarations for growers in several counties. In an article on the Daily Journal, before being targeted by gun violence, farm workers in Half Moon Bay were already living in what one San Mateo County official described as deplorable conditions. As multiple agencies conduct investigations into the matter, officials say they are focused on finding temporary and eventually permanent housing for the workers. Those conditions were substandard at best, according to County Executive Officer Mike Kalaji. A mass shooting at two farms in Half Moon Bay, California, Terra Garden and Concord Farms have left seven dead and dozens without homes as of January 23rd. Even if residents wanted to return, Kalaji said the county could not in good conscience allow them to. Having toured the sites, he said some units looked more livable than others but questioned whether any would pass code inspections. Neither site had obtained the necessary permits to establish farm worker housing, that according to county spokesperson Michelle Durant. Without the permits, a standard inspection had not been triggered. Kalaji said he was not aware of any complaints that would have led to an inspection. Monterey-based California Dole has announced that it and one of its subsidiaries have entered into a definitive agreement to sell Dole's Fresh Vegetables division to an affiliate of Fresh Express Incorporated, a wholly owned subsidiary of Chiquita Holdings Limited, for gross proceeds of approximately $293 million in cash, subject to certain adjustments. The Fresh Vegetables division comprises operations related to the processing and sale of whole produce such as iceberg, romaine, leaf lettuces, cauliflower, broccoli, celery, asparagus, artichokes, green onions, sprouts, radishes, and cabbage, as well as salads and meal kits. In the financial year that ended December 31st of 2021, the Fresh Vegetables Division reported revenue of $1.28 billion. The business has agricultural operations and four processing plants across the United States and employs more than 3,000 people. The transaction is subject to regulatory approval, and the parties expect the transaction will close after approval is obtained, subject to customary closing conditions. Net proceeds from the sale are currently expected to be used primarily for debt reduction of Dole. Californians are still grappling with the aftermath of powerful storms that have triggered dangerous flooding and mudslides across the state, even as the West's unprecedented mega drought persists. These rapid shifts between extreme drought and flood offer a preview of the climate whiplash that researchers predict will only get worse. These head-spinning shifts will severely strain California's antiquated water and flood control infrastructure, according to experts, and expose the inadequacy of outdated laws governing access to the state's water supplies. California could go a long way towards easing its perennial water crisis by hastening the transition to renewable energy, stopping the most egregious water abuses, and managing the state's water supply as a public resource, according to a report released by the Food and Water Watch Group. 
The report builds on a white paper released last year. Moving away from burning fossil fuels offers major water-saving benefits, according to Sharag Bakta, Food and Water Watch's California director. The transition will not only help combat climate change, which is fueling the drought and extreme weather patterns, he said, but make a significant dent in the water crisis. Bakta and his colleagues called on Governor Gavin Newsom and state water regulators to exercise their constitutional authority to prevent waste or unreasonable use by the agricultural and fossil fuel industries, which consume freshwater needed by ecosystems and communities while emitting the greenhouse gases that fuel extreme droughts and floods. And they question the fairness of allowing exports of water-intensive alfalfa and almond crops, even as many communities lack safe drinking water. Regulating water supplies as a public resource would allow state officials to uphold their duty to enforce the state's human right to water law, according to the report. More than a decade after the law passed, nearly one million people in mostly low-income communities and communities of color still lack access to safe, affordable drinking water in the world's fifth largest economy. In 2021, Newsom declared a statewide drought emergency, citing near record levels in California's largest reservoirs. Allocations from state and federal projects that shuttle water throughout the state dropped to zero for many growers, forcing farmers to fallow close to 400,000 acres, according to a study published last year by the nonpartisan Public Policy Institute of California. When water supplies dry up, growers can skip a year of planting annual row crops like lettuce and berries, but many farmers in California's $50 billion agricultural industry have shifted to more profitable permanent crops like fruit and nut trees that would die without year-round irrigation. California's January storms did not rescue the state from its record dry years, and officials predict the state could lose 10% of its water supply over the next two decades. Each year, an exceptional group of young women are selected to represent California's dairy farm families who contribute to making the state number one for milk production in the U.S. These dairy princess ambassadors and alternates are selected during events at districts throughout the state where they showcase speaking skills, knowledge of dairy, and plans to represent the industry during their one-year term. The 2023 contest kicks off in April and will run through June. California dairy princesses serve as industry advocates in their home district and throughout the state, supporting the reputation of milk and dairy products through appearances at various events. Dairy princesses and alternates participate in a mandatory orientation and training where they receive professional development coaching. The California Dairy Princess Program has been in place since 1958. Currently, seven districts hold local contests, which represent 40 eight counties in the state of California. The California Dairy Princess Contest is supported by California dairy producers through the California Milk Advisory Board. Information and application forms are online at californiadairypressroom.com front slash ca-dairy-princesses. California is the nation's leading milk producer and makes more butter, ice cream, and non-fat dry milk than any other state. California is also the second largest producer of cheese and yogurt. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you.
Almond Board of California is hosting its Naval Orange Worm and IPM Summit two weeks from tomorrow on February 21st in Modesto, California. The meeting gives growers, PCAs, and other industry professionals the opportunity to hear the most up-to-date research on the almond industry's top pests. Almond Board's Chief Scientific Officer, Josette Lewis, said besides, of course, Naval Orange Worm, other pests diseases, and relevant management opportunities for the future will get a spotlight. We'll also talk about uh, hull rot, where we have some really good IPM practices that still room for uh, grower um, understanding of the different contributions to hull rot and some simple tools to be able to manage that um, and also save growers some money. Also, a really important focus on plant bugs. Um, we're seeing things like brown spot on the kernel uh, increase in the industry. And while we don't necessarily have a broad group of uh, tools for plant bugs, you can hear the latest research on developing some new tools and also um, some efforts in um, trying to learn from some other crops as to how they're managing plant bugs. Those are not unique to almonds. We'll also cover canker disease, how to identify it, and what are some ways to manage it. Growers uh, get to hear from their peers and from PCAs on how to use an end-of-year assessment to fine-tune their IPM program. So when you get your um, report back from your handler and you understand where some of your insect damage came in, perhaps, um, and inedibles and those sorts of uh, less-than-great-news that come from your handler, um, what? How can you use that? Sit down with your PCA or sit down and really think about what you did this year and how you can fine tune it for the next year. And then also give growers a chance to understand the regulatory landscape. Um, we're seeing, you know, still pressures on some of our common pest management tools here in the state of California. Some of that comes from what happens in Sacramento and some of it comes from our export markets. Uh, you know, that's a really important thing for growers to understand so they can make decisions in their orchard that gets them the optimal um, control, but also optimal price for the product. And lastly, we have a really interesting panel at the end that's kind of looking forward to new technology coming forward um, from um, companies to improve the precision of how we manage pests. Um, so it's a chance to both hear about a few things that are available today, but also hear about um, some things that might be coming um, forward in the industry in the next three to five years. So a lot of different topics. We try to hit on some of the big um, pain points for growers um, and it's a chance, as you said, to hear research, but also to hear from their peers and hear from expert PCAs as to what some of the options are um, for using IPM in addition to our conventional tools. Lewis said growers will want to stick around for plant bug information as brand new research will be presented by attending University of California and Almond Board researchers. Leaf-footed bug is something we're starting to see more of in um, here in California. And there is some really exciting research that's coming to fruition in terms of developing a pheromone for plant bugs. And so chance to hear where that goes next and how that could be applied in both monitoring and control programs. And then also, again, kind of thinking about looking to the future, what can we learn from other tree crops that have had um, stink bugs, leaf-footed plant bugs, brown marmorated stink bugs, all of those um, uh, bugs that we're sort of starting to see a resurgence of in the industry. So I think that's a particularly great area. 
And then again, it's maybe not new to everyone, but I think there's still um, room for um, grower um, education on, on hull rot. There are some really tried uh, and tested um, nitrogen management and irrigation management tools that can really eliminate the need for um, bunch side use and hull rot. Again, maybe a chance to hear from PCAs and their peers about how that has worked and what that has met, meant in terms of their bottom line for managing whole rot. So really good um, opportunities for growers to get messages around those two particular areas. Almond Board hopes that growers can also take away important info on managing these pests and diseases using cultural practices. You know, I think this year's uh, been a really tough one for the industry where input costs, labor costs are going up uh, at a time when profitability is really squeezed because of low almond prices. So a really important time to lean in on cultural practices, which generally um, have a lower cost associated with them. So um, we're not talking about things that are incremental, but things that can really help uh, make a big difference in your pest management program. And so hearing that uh, from researchers, hearing it from PCAs, hearing it from other growers, hopefully will give um, attendees an opportunity to really appreciate those um, opportunities there. Another thing we hope they take away, we've applied for four hours of continuing education units with uh, DPR. So we hope that'll be a really good incentive for growers and PCAs to um, come and and hear and participate in the discussion. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. Green Plains Incorporated, an Omaha-based ethanol producer, has announced a joint venture with United Airlines and Tallgrass Energy Partners to develop and commercialize an ethanol-based sustainable aviation fuel. The joint venture, called Blue Blade Energy, will use SAF technology developed at the U.S. Department of Energy's Pacific Northwest National Laboratory. The technology, if successful in its development, will convert ethanol feedstock into a low-carbon fuel for United Airlines. The SAF could have emissions as much as 85% lower than United's current fuel supply. That comes with some caveats, including the regulations are changed to allow using unblended low-carbon fuels rather than requiring SAF products to be blended with conventional jet fuel. Todd Becker, president and CEO of Green Plains, said the project has the potential to be a game changer for U.S. agriculture as the aviation industry moves to decarbonize its fuel supplies. 
The Food and Drug Administration has proposed a redesign of the Human Foods Program to enhance coordinated prevention and response activities. The proposal includes a transformative vision for the Office of Regulatory Affairs, FDA's field-based operations. The proposed structures for both groups will have clear priorities focused on protecting and promoting a safe, nutritious U.S. food supply that more quickly adapts to an ever-changing and evolving environment, according to USDA. The proposed structures for both groups will have clear priorities focused on protecting and promoting a safe, nutritious U.S. food supply that more quickly adapts to an ever-changing and evolving environment. Creating a human foods program under a single leader who reports directly to the commissioner unifies and elevates a program while removing redundancies. The Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition, Office of Food Policy and Response, and certain functions of Aura will be unified into a newly envisioned organization called the Human Foods Program. The United States has announced it is seeking a second dispute resolution panel under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement to challenge Canada's dairy tariff rate quota allocation policy. USDA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. A second dispute settlement panel has been requested by the U.S. to resolve issues with Canada's dairy tariff rate quotas within the framework of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. In a statement issued Tuesday, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai said our country is challenging Canada's revised TRQ allocation measure for dairy, measures that impose new conditions prohibiting the U.S. from utilizing these allocations for exports. This latest resolution request comes over a year after a USMCA panel cited with our nation's challenge of Canadian dairy TRQ allocations, as explained by Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack at the time. I think we were essentially saying, you've got to go beyond the traditional processors. You've got to provide us more market opportunity here. The secretary reiterated Tuesday via press release that desire for greater U.S. dairy export opportunity into Canada through that nation honoring USMCA commitments. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. USDA's Economic Research Service reports that Ukraine's corn and wheat exports have almost returned to seasonal average levels since the summer of 2022. The change follows the Black Sea Grain Initiative to reopen the Black Sea shipping routes. Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022 led to elevated security risks and infrastructure damage, causing Ukraine's seaports to be almost completely cut off from March through July. As global exportable supplies diminished, international wheat export prices spiked. Signed in July of 2022, the Black Sea Agreement enabled the safe passage of Ukraine grain exports through three ports. That and ample corn and wheat stocks allowed Ukraine to export a larger combined volume of the two crops than the five-year average in September and October. The Black Sea Grain Initiative has increased the opportunities for Ukrainian grain to leave the country and has relieved some price pressures internationally, but uncertainty remains as the agreement is set to expire in mid-March of this year and may not be extended. Farmers across the country are getting excited for the 2023 Commodity Classic, which has just announced registration is up 28% over last year's event in New Orleans. The 2023 Commodity Classic will be held March 9th through the 11th in Orlando. Attendee surveys indicate that networking with other farmers is one of the top reasons that producers enjoy the Commodity Classic. Hallway conversations and in-person connections are an important part of the educational experience at Commodity Classic as farmers share their knowledge, passion, and insight with colleagues from across the nation. The 2023 Commodity Classic includes a lineup of educational sessions, inspiring speakers, a trade show, entertainment, and a range of technology, innovation, and agronomic information. More online at commodityclassic.com. 
sponsored by the California Walnut Boarding Commission, supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.